everyone and welcome to another episode of Stitching Tales. I am Johanna Lundström. And I am Malena Järpe. And we are a lot of things and one of the things that we are is co-authors of a book called Fit for Knits. And if you're watching the video now, you can actually see the book. But if not, you can check it out. It's available in most big bookstores, especially in the Amazon around the world. And this is a book that we published in November of 2023. And it's a book about sewing and fitting knit garments. So in today's episode, we want to take you a bit behind the scenes and talk about how the book came about. And of course, share lots of really useful information that is in the book and perhaps a little bit of the struggles as well in publishing a book. And yeah, it's not all roses. It's it's also quite difficult, but we did manage it through and we're very proud of our first co-authored book. And uh, Malena, perhaps you could start and tell a little bit about the backstory of how this book came about. Yeah, so we had been uh, working together on a few smaller projects earlier, like I helped you out, you helped me out. And uh, then you asked me if uh, if I wanted to uh, be part of this uh, book uh, that you have been thinking about writing. And like my in- initial reaction was like, that sounds like a huge commitment, it's going to take a lot of time and uh, during a long time as well. That's scary. I want to say no. Uh, but then on the other hand, it's like, this is a great opportunity. Now you have a business. You can't say no just because you're scared. So, uh, yes, <laughs> I said yes. And uh, yeah, here we are two, two years, two and a half years uh, later. We have a book baby together. Yes, it's wonderful. It's very well. It was a long pregnancy, I should say that, yes. because as Malena said, <laughs> it took us uh, about two and a half years from idea to yeah. finish the book. And yeah, we worked for it like on two years, but uh, I was actually on maternity leave uh, when you when you asked me, so it took a while before we actually could uh, start writing it. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a long process, and and the process started even before that because. Uh, I've written several sewing books before. One is about sewing your own activewear. One is about how to use a cover stitch machine. And then I wrote a book about sewing your own jeans. And I I really like to think about, when I think about sewing books, ideas, I like to look at like white spaces in the sewing market where is there's a need for information, but there's no real other books serving that type of uh, topic. And so it should also, of course, be something that I know, I have knowledge in and is interested in writing a book about. So I have owned a lot of pattern fitting books and I find they're extremely important and useful. But however, all major pattern books, pattern fitting books that are out there only focus or focus on or at least 99% focus on woven fabrics. So I felt, why is there no book about pattern fitting for knit fabrics, which is what a lot of us is both sewing, of course, and wearing today. So it felt a little bit like that kind of topic needed to be addressed in a more modern manner. So I've been thinking about this book for several years before that, but I didn't have the knowledge myself because I know about sewing knits a lot, but pattern fitting is not my expertise. But that was so, because then when me and Malena met, I, I realized that the person I needed for this book was standing right in front of me. 
And so, Malena, could you tell us a little bit about your background and why it was so valuable to have you as part of this book process? Yeah, and it's so interesting what you say about most things are for woven, and I completely agree. Uh, also, when I uh, uh, was in school, uh, we mostly talked about woven stuff uh, and just like tiny little course about uh, knitwear, knitted garments or knitwear. Um, so when I when I started working um, as a pattern assistant, I basically didn't know anything about how to how to work, how to pattern construct for uh, uh, for jersey garment, for knitted garment or anything. Uh, so I really had to learn by doing, uh, basically. And of course, like a lot of uh, really competent uh, pattern makers that I could uh, uh, that could help me out. Uh, but yeah, I have. Um, I worked as a pattern maker now for almost uh, 15 years and I would say majority of the time I've been focusing on uh, knitted garments um, and, uh, and we always divided into knitwear and jersey. So jersey is basically, yes, knitted fabric, uh, but you cut and sew and uh, knitted garments are uh, like, you know, those heavy, heavy knit uh, kind of um, uh, styles. Knitted on. Uh, so, I should perhaps explain like are knitted on a machine, right? Like you would hand hand knit yeah, the garment, exactly. knit on a machine, so we don't cut it from a fabric, right? No, exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest difference. Both are knitted, but uh, jersey. When we say jersey, we mean that it, it's been cut out from a fabric and then sewn together. Um, so uh, yeah, I've uh, worked many many years with those types of garments, and it's really like a special skill, I would say. Um, you can't work with it in the same way as you have uh, when you work with uh, woven uh, woven fabrics. And you have to think a little bit different when you construct the patterns. There are a little bit different rules. Um, so, uh, yeah, I really i am so happy to have been able to put all all the knowledge and experience that I've collected during this year in, in this book. Because I really think that... I love working with the knitted fabrics and there's not that many books about it. So uh, I, I'm really happy about uh, uh, what we accomplished. Yes, that makes me so happy to hear. And we really had a high ambition level for this book. We definitely wanted to make sure that it was extremely easy to understand because sometimes instructions for how to alter a pattern can be a bit confusing, I find, especially if you are a beginner or new to this stuff. It can... They are sometimes difficult words and it's a little bit difficult to understand the diagrams. So we decided to take a bit of a different approach in that we are extremely visual in the presentation. So each step is very clearly defined. So it's easy to follow like from one, two, three, four. Every step is just one single step. You don't add a lot of steps in each. Uh, so the, the visual, it's a very visual learning book. So... And that's also why it ended up t- being 260 pages, which is like the sickest book I've ever done. I think most of my other sewing books is around uh, 190 pages or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, it was a large undertaking. And uh, we actually, together between us, drafted a- around 1,000 illustrations. <laughs> so that's that, a lot. <laughs> that, that's a lot. So that gives you an idea. So that means that on each page, there's about three to four illustrations on average. So, but that's because we really wanted to make sure, right, Maliana, that you could easily understand just glazing through the process, right? Exactly. I think this is a very 
visual uh, thing we talk about. So of course we want to write a little bit uh, and like share the knowledge behind it and the thought process behind um, like the different adjustments and uh, like what you need to think of. But like it has to be visual. It has to be like you should just be able like see it um, on the pictures and then like understand what we mean that that we really aimed for. And uh, I think it was really a process also like the first illustrations we made we work with and then we continue to next chapter and next and like it evolved uh, because it took so long time. And then when we revisited those first chapters, it's like, no, we got to redo this. <laughs> this is not good enough. Like we have evolved the like the method, like how we how we want to show and how to visualize it. So we had to redo quite a lot as well, like the the first chapter that we did. And I'm happy that it took it took so long time because then you can really think about it and uh, redo things that had to be redone. So um, yeah, we really focused on the on the visual, and it's not so cramped in uh, like. Um, on one page, it's not too much. Uh, it's very like airy, uh, so it's really and it's easy to read as well. I think that was really important for us to to make it visually very appealing and uh, easy to follow, and uh, yeah, not too not too much like crammed in one page. Yeah, for you that are watching the video right now, I'm showing the book. And if not, of course, you can go over to my website, thelostitch.com, to see examples from the book if you want to learn more. Yes, as Marlena says, it's a very, it's a very like, it took a long, long time. And I think that's wonderful that we didn't rush it. I think that's probably one of the best things about doing this project for so long that we really, really evolved over time. It's interesting. It's actually quite fascinating that you start with one idea and then we realized that we were doing a bit overly complicated and then we could like reduce, reduce, reduce. And it was such a wonderful thing. And I think I've learned so much from this book. I mean, I've been teaching sewing in, in various ways over the years, but I think that this book was probably the biggest like aha moment because it it was really we were really taking something that can be a bit overwhelming and complicated and really really trying to to make it as simple as possible uh, which is also we have got absolutely amazing reviews for this book i mean everyone that has written a review on over on amazon for instance has mentioned these particular things that you know it's easy to understand it's very easy to follow it answers all your questions and to me, that is like the most validating thing when you put so much work into a book that when, when it gets to the hands of our fellow sewists that you find like, ah, wow, this is really, really helpful. And both people that are beginners and people that are advanced have said that they have found this book really, really useful. Yeah, so it was really fun to read that uh, uh, some like some 82-year-old person had read it and it was really helpful and someone had sewed for over 40 years and find and learned so much new things. And then I was like, ah, perfect. Then we we <laughs> hit the mark when, uh, like, um, Jersey has not, or knitted garment, it has not been talked about enough. Uh, there really is a lack of knowledge there with uh, when it comes to how to, how to deal with... Uh, uh, knitted fabrics because it is a it is a specialty. Yeah, it definitely is. And what would you say, Marlena, is some of the common challenges that one might encounter when 
fitting knit garments as opposed to garments made with woven fabrics. Yeah, so the the construction of the fabric, uh, I would say, since it's knitted, it it's loops, um, which gives us stretch, which is the most fantastic thing about uh, knitted fabric. Uh, it really like the fabric molds around your body then like it's stretched out where it needs to. So it's uh, very comfortable to wear then, of course. Um, but when you sew, it, the seams might also be stretched out. Um, and that uh, and the seams need to be also stretchy enough because if the fabric is really stretchy and the seams are not, then the seams will crack and um, um, like will we'll start to pull. Uh, and will not be comfortable. So really, the sewing is uh, so, so important when uh, working with uh, knitted fabric. And you usually don't, since the fabric is stretchy, you usually don't have that much um, shape within the garment, like uh, bust darts or seams that have a shape to it, like you have in a woven. Um, uh, So that is also very... The tricky thing about uh, knitted patterns, since all the shape are basically then in the side seam, and that can be a lot of shape in the side seam, and uh, you can't like, for example, if you make a shaped waist, you can't uh, make it too exaggerated in the waist because then it's going to be drag lines because of that. So you re- you need sometimes to, how can I say, uh, redistribute uh, the shape. So it goes around your body. For example, you have darts in the back, uh, back waist um, to make it uh, to make a nice silhouette. So um, it can be tricky when you when you don't have those shaping seams as you have been in the woven. So that's uh, uh, but you can add those, of course, yourself. And that we we show in the book as well. Like if you want to add. Uh, a dart, bust dart, for example, or if you want to have uh, uh, waist darts at the back, like uh, we, we show it really clearly both how to sew it and also how to add it on, on the pattern because the sewing part is, uh, it has a huge impact, I would say, on, on the fit as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very good you brought out the thing about darts because sometimes you might feel uh, a little bit intimidated by making darts or adding darts to knit garments because it can feel a little bit tricky to sew but we show some really really easy methods very detailed so you will get like great results and and there are also some patterns that have dots because you Malena you have a top the hazel hand top where you actually offer an option right uh, with darts yeah yeah, exactly. I have uh, both B cup uh, that is then without the dart and then the D cup uh, with a dart. And if you need to increase it even further, it's so much easier to do a full bust adjustment on a, on a pattern that already has a dart because then it's so much easier to just increase that dart. Um, but yeah, sometimes, even though the fabric is stretchy, sometimes you need a dart to get away uh, those drag lines that can appear. Yeah, there, you, as Malena says, there's like you you come to this uh, edge or the limit where you where you have to do something in order to fix the issues, depending on on how the body is looks like. And also, another thing that we also address a lot in the book is fabric, because not all knit fabrics are created equal, which again will affect the fit, right, Malena? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has a huge impact. Uh, I mean, for uh, if you sew tight pair of uh, uh, leggings, those always have negative ease. Um, 
And if you use a fabric that has less stretch uh, compared to what uh, the pattern is designed for, it is going to be too tight. And the fabric also needs to not just stretch on, uh, it needs to be stretched on all ways, like four-way stretch. It can't just be stretchy on, on the horizontal way. Um, so it's really, really important to to match the right fabric with the right pattern so it's uh, so the fit is going to be right. And you've written a huge chapter about uh, the fabric and th- there are a lot of different types of uh, knitted fabric. Yeah, yeah. So in, in the uh, early part of the book, we talk about the different fabric choices. And I think roughly I, I cover about 30 different f- knit fabric types. <laughs> I have not, I'm not exaggerating because there are so many many ways and they can also be knit in different methods so I talk about all the the fabric types and of course we address how the, what type of products you can use for them so for instance like uh, a light four-way stretch lycra is fantastic for close fitting garments for instance but you shouldn't use it to sew uh, a hoodie for instance obviously because it doesn't have enough uh, stability so sometimes for some type of patterns, you do need the stability instead, because if you want to sew like a constructed jacket or maybe a pair of pants, it usually won't be as successful if you take a very lightweight knit, because that's not really meant for that kind of more structured garments that needs heavier fabric. So a lot of the success factor is understanding different type of knit fabrics and, and how they will affect the end result. So as Malena says, it's it's a huge thing. So, for instance, you have to use four-way stretch on certain garments because otherwise you can't move in, in all directions, especially if you're doing like active wear, or underwear and things like that where you mean to ensure that you have a lot of movement. That's that's super, super important. So that's something we talk about a lot as well. Um, and another thing uh, that is very important as Malena talk about is also the sewing process because that can too affect the fit. So... One thing that we talk about a lot in the book is uh, like the neckline. So the neckline can gape, right? And that can Mm. be both a fitting issue, but it can also be a sewing issue. Could you talk a little bit about that, Malena? Yeah, and it's really tricky to know, is it a fitting issue or is it just a sewing issue? Uh, Because when you... When you sew the seam and the machine can actually stretch out uh, the seam, like if you, for example, have a really uh, pressure foot pressure, uh, like that is really high, uh, it pushes down the fabric and then the feeding dogs are like pulling the fabric and it is going to stretch out. Usually if you steam it really well, it goes back uh, it, if the fabric also had a, has a good recovery. But it might be that it has been stretched out and when then when it's sewn, it's like stabilized in the stretched out way. Um, so you really have to have... Um, I always, always, always do test sewings, uh, like a test sample on the real fabric in the right amount of layers that I'm going to sew to make sure that both like the tension of the seam is good and also that uh, uh, pressure foot pressure is, uh, is okay. So uh, always do tests... Um, so you, you see that the seam is, is uh, workable in, in that fabric. And, uh, I mean, speaking of neckline, uh, we always, uh, we, are, we may make mistake, even though, like, I've been sewing since I was, like, 14, 15 years old or something. Uh, when I made the T-shirt for the Hazel Hen tea, um, uh, when I took the 
for the cover for the photo photo sample um i uh, the neck the neckband was like slightly too short um and also when i did the top stitching i didn't stretch out the neckline like anything and the tension was really really high on uh, uh on that stitch um and it looked fine when you like just have the garment on a table or a hanger uh, no problem but then when the model was wearing it i mean obviously since it's a tight garment everything stretched out a little bit as it should but then the neckline that stitching kept it together and the neckband also a little bit too tight so it wasn't st- stretching out properly uh, so then you can see those drag lines from uh, like the inner shoulder point and it might look like it's a fitting issue but it's actually a sewing issue so and oh i mean when i got the photos i loved the photos everything else except those drag lines but then it was like it's it's too far in the process now i have to use those photos i will retake them someday well, three years later, now it's like, okay, now we have a book about this. I can't have a cover photo with those drag lines. So now my, my model has retaken the photos. I didn't add a stitch this time. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and now it looks really, really nice. So yeah, even though you have all the experience, all the knowledge, we mess up as well, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a learning process. And again, fabric choice will also affect how the neckline looks like. For instance, if you're using a a rib which has a a lycra content, it has better recovery. But if you're using a fabric that is 100% cotton, for instance, or 100% uh, maybe another natural fiber, uh, it will stretch out and might not bounce back, right? Because when you put it on, so... That's also something to consider. And also in the book, speaking about that, we we also talk about how to alter the length of the pattern piece. So for instance, usually if you buy a t-shirt pattern or get a t-shirt pattern, there will be only one pattern piece for the neckband. But as we have both discovered, different type of ribbing or neckline fabric will definitely affect how it looks like. So what I love about your sewing pattern, Malena, is that the hazel hand tee, for instance, you have two different neckline patterns. One that is made for self-fabric. I mean, self-fabric is obviously like the t-shirt fabric. And then, which is slightly longer, slightly more narrow, right? And then you have a second pattern piece if you want to use like a ribbing fabric, which is quite common if you're sewing a t-shirt, which is usually like a one-by-one rib, for instance, with cotton lycra mix. Uh, And that is slightly shorter and slightly wider. And that's, I have not seen that in any other sewing pattern. I'm sure there are others out there, but I definitely, as a consumer, really, really appreciate that extra effort. And if your sewing pattern doesn't have those options, which most doesn't, you can check our book and we show you uh, how to like rough percentages of uh, how much you should shorten the neckband, depending on what type of fabric you want to use. So again, there are so many different factors. And if you are equipped with all this knowledge, it, you will get so much better result. And a lo- I think a lot of times that w- when we are struggling with sewing and fitting knits is because we don't have an understanding of the fabric and how it relates to the fit and the sewing. Yeah, that is so true. Um, like f- for the neckband example, like, yeah, you can't, like there is not, you can't create one 
pattern piece that's going to be suitable for all different types of uh, fabric is just impossible. So uh, as you said, like uh, for the pattern that is uh, suitable for rib, like one by one rib, um, then it is uh, 75% of the uh, the neckline and uh, the one that is uh, made for uh, like the like the shell fabric, like the same fabric as you sewn the garment in, then it's like I think it was eighty five percent of the neckline length. Uh, and if you would use a stiffer fabric, uh, then you might even have to make it even longer. So I gave like I've given two options, like the most common one. But if uh, it could be something in between as well, or even shorter, or even longer. So it's really like you you have to. You have to adapt it uh, based on your uh, fabric, and you get a you kind of get a hand feeling about it after a while. Like when you pin the neck uh, neckband to the neckline, and you like stretch it out and see like is this gonna work or not. And I've done that like I've pinned everything, and just before I'm gonna sew, it's like no, this is too short. It's not gonna it's not gonna work. I have to make a longer neckband because I can feel that when you stretch it out, it's like yeah, no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna match. So yeah. uh, y- you get the experience in your hand. That's super important. And and uh, just because the pattern has a pattern piece for the neckband, you might have to adjust it. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very true. And as you say, Marlena, you can definitely feel it, especially if you're using like a, a lycra ribbing or you're stretching it out, and you can start to feel like a resistance. And you know you're gonna have to really pull the fabric when you're attaching it. That's probably a guarantee that there will be puckers when when the fabric is I mean even though you can match it 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 will pull it together so you probably end up puckers and the same is the opposite is true of course as well if you're using a very soft ribbing and you start to to attach it along and you see like okay this this is actually as wide as the neckline now when I'm working on it because that's probably not your goal I mean I would say in there probably some exceptions if you're using like a super stable fabric but in all instances, you, the 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 neckline, uh, the neckband should be at least slightly shorter than the circumference of the neckline. So it's definitely good. Like if it started to grow, you should trim it probably. Uh, to yeah, definitely, sure. because otherwise it it won't lay flat when when you wear it, and also also when you wash it. I, I've seen this on so many board samples that they have a one by one rib. And it's fine when you buy it, but then after you uh, washed it a couple of times, like you see that the st- like the stretch in the fabric is uh, it's growing the rib, mm. and then it's gonna then it start to stand out, and even with the pressing, it's like still like bubbling. Um, so it's so common on uh, bot samples as well that maybe the the length has not been it's not really proper. So that's probably some comfort as well. Even the pros, they they don't always get it right. So don't be too hard on yourself if you if you end up not picking the right type of fabric because it is tricky. So that but that's also why we made this book because we want to like make sure that it won't be as tricky because when you read our book uh, Fit for Knits you will just get so many like aha moments I think when you're like ah that explains why my garment didn't end up the way I wanted it. So there's usually some like really like revelations I think you will find with this book and we of course don't just cover top and necklines we cover um, tops in general and we also talk about pants and we talk about skirts so we go through all the garment types and of course dresses as well but that is mostly 
mostly to related to um, tops, so it's similar and skirt. So if you mix them together, you will get the similar fitting issues. Uh, one thing I also uh, talking about like revelations is you, Malena, you gave me some really really fascinating revelations about uh, the shape of the sleeve cap when you're sewing a knit top. That on some patterns you will see that the the uh, sleeve cap is quite low, quite flat. And on some, it's quite high. And on some sleeve caps, the front and the back piece is identical. And on some patterns, the back sleeve cap is uh, slightly less shallow shaped. And on the front, it's slightly more shallow, the curve in the front. So could you talk a little bit about how the shape of the sleeve cap, uh, how it differs and, and why you saw something you need to like think about? Yeah, so um, if it is the same front and back shape, then it's usually a simplified version, like to make it easier, to make it, I don't know, quicker or yeah, less time consuming. Um, but if you want to have a really nicely fitted jersey garment, you have to have different shape, both on the armhole, front and back. Uh, front armhole is like more scooped out it's more curved because the shoulders are usually placed a little bit forward um and that's also why you want like the back armhole is um it's not that deep because you want to have that extra width and the same goes for uh, for the sleeve head shape or the sleeve cap uh that at the front it's a little bit more curved uh since the armhole like the uh, your arm is placed a little bit forward, so you want it a little bit more scooped out. And in the back, you want to have that little extra room uh, for movement. So that's why it's uh, less curved. So the shape is really, really important. And also, as you talked about the height, um, you can have, for example, uh, the, like the same shape uh, for the armhole front and back. Um, I mean... Yeah, the shape front and back is different, but like uh, on a garment, you can have different shape on the sleeve cap and it still matches uh, the armhole. Uh, so if you, for example, have a lower sleeve cap, then you need to have a bigger bicep for it to be able to fit the armhole. And this will give you more movement. Uh, you can lift up your arms more easily without the whole garment being lifted out. The downside is this, though, that when you have your sleeve down or arm down, there are going to be a little bit drag lines towards the outer shoulder point since the sleeve head is so short. Uh, if you have a higher um, sleeve head, then it's going to be looking really nice when you have your arm, arms down. So it's really suitable for like a little bit more fancier uh, garments. But when you move your arms up, um, the whole garment is going to be lifted a little bit more easy. And I found a really good example of this is uh, a men's suit. If you have a suit, yes, it looks really nice when you have your arms down. But then if you like uh, a ballroom dancer, if you move your arms up and if you have a regular suit, everything will be lifted up. I mean, it would not look great. But if you're a professional ballroom dancer, then you have also a special suit that has probably a little bit higher uh, in the armhole and a lot um, less height in the sleeve head. So it looks really good when you have your arms up because then the whole suit is also like staying down. Uh, and this is like the, uh, like the main pose for that garment. And when you have your arms down, they are gonna be a little bit drag lines. It's probably gonna feel a little bit tight. 
but that's fine because the main purpose is to have your arms lifted up. So uh, yeah, it uh, it really depends. Like one is good for one thing, and uh, depends on what kind of garment you have. If you have active wear, a lower uh, lower uh, cap height is better than because you get more movement. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear, and I I, I love that uh, analogy to the ballroom dancing because that that really gives you an idea of of uh, how you have to like adapt depending on what type of base movement you have. So that's again something you have to consider. I mean, if you are making something that you want to work out in, for instance, you you should definitely pick your sleeve cap and use that like like slightly lower sleeve cap, right? Rather than the high, which is probably nicer if you're like sitting in front of a computer trying to look cheek at of the at the office, so to speak, right? It gives exactly. a different type of shape. <laughs> so it all depends, right? There's no there's no sleeve cap that fits all when it comes to the uh, the shaping. And again, we cover this in depth in the book. Malena has some really really fantastic uh, knowledge and illustrations, and she really goes in deep and explain this and also how you can alter the, the sleeve cap shape depending on what type of uh, use you want to have for your garment or and the shaping. Uh, another revelation that I uh, got from Malena is the fact that on knit patterns, oftentimes, ideally, the sleeve cap should have negative ease, meaning that the length, the seam line length, the stitch line length of the sleeve cap is slightly shorter than the stitch or the seam line of the armhole. So it should be the sleeve cap should be slightly, slightly stretched out during sewing, which goes against all common knowledge when constructing a pattern or sewing a woven fabric, because we have all been taught that there will be extra ease in the sleeve cap and you need to like ease that in at the sleeve cap using like basting stitch and you have to like pull the fabric together. And so for instance, if you're sewing a jacket in wool, maybe there's could be several centimeters of ease that you need to fit in, which can be tricky, right? Because you don't want to have like puckers. I mean, puff sleeve is one thing, but you don't want to have unwanted gathers at the shoulder. So why Maliana is it the opposite uh, on lots of knit tops? Um, yeah, and I mean, it has to be to do with the sewing uh, that the seam is stretched out. And then if you have a little bit smaller uh, uh, sleeve cap, uh, it's going to hold in a little bit better. Um, and it just looks, it, it gets a better shape um, to the whole uh, sleeve when you have a little bit negative ease. And it's not a lot, and it depends also a little bit on the fabric. But I would say like on a regular single jersey um, you want to have like minus one, one and a half maximum ease. So um, it, it just gives right. a nicer it, shape when, yeah, it, it gives a nicer shape when you when you wear it. Um, so yeah, that is the complete opposite of uh, or have you construct a woven. And I didn't know this when I started working as an assistant. I uh, I don't want to. I don't even want to think about the first patterns I made. <laughs> this I learned uh, by doing definitely. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's so interesting to hear that even even though you trained as a pattern maker, you were you weren't like this wasn't like a school thing. You had to learn it from people that was more experienced in the trade, which again shows how little knowledge there is when it comes to knit fabrics and pattern making. Even if you go to school, 
and learn about this, not just from books, right? I find this yeah, really... Yeah, and I think the... Uh, like the fashion has also changed a lot for for it. Like in the early like nineties, where like it's just oversized jersey t-shirts. Like it, it required a little bit different constructions then, and it wasn't that important that the sleeve head was shaped because it was so oversized. So then you get by. But then nowadays, like it's been a huge change. I think in uh, in just the fashion for uh, knitted garments, like they have become much more advanced, and like uh, detailing could almost be like on the woven, same details as on a woven garment. So that also like uh, well, then the pattern making, drafting has to evolve as well, and the sewing techniques and everything. Yeah, that's very true because I. I have some uh, like older uh, sewing pattern for knits for both from the 70s and the 80s and also 90s. And I would say pretty much all of those have extra ease with when you're um, doing the sleeves. So it's what's incredibly difficult to get them nice fitting. And now, of course, I understand why, because it shouldn't really be there unless perhaps if you're working with well, like oversized stable knit jacket, then maybe you could get away with it. But if you're these were still patterns that was somewhat fitted and it was extremely hard if not impossible to get all that extra fabric in without ending up with like gathers around the sleeve sleeve cap area um we should also say that if if you have like a sewing pattern that you love uh that perhaps is a little bit older and it has that extra ease we show in the book as well how to remove uh sleeve cappies and also recommendations for how much you should aim for. Malena says about one centimeters, uh, something like that, but it also depends on the garment. So we have like a like a list there you can a guide where you can check if you want to do that. So just that little tweak will all make a huge difference when it comes to the sewing experience because we know that sewing sleeves can sometimes be a bit tricky, right? And it's also such a tell if that if <laughs> it's a very visible issue, like just like the neckline that we talked about earlier like uh, set in sleeves that doesn't like fit well it definitely it it shows unfortunately <laughs> yeah and also the sewing order is different from uh, from woven because we uh, usually start with the shoulder seam then i always do the neckline uh, because it's so much easier to do the neckline before attaching the sleeves uh, but then you actually sew the sleeve in uh, before you sew the side seam. And that is different compared to woven. So it's also a little bit because of that that the sewing order is uh, different. Yeah, exactly. And we show all that, of course, again in the book. Uh, we also talk about another type of sleeve that is very common on knit garments, which is raglan sleeve, which is your favorite topic to write about. Right, Malena? <laughs> No, this has been therapy for me. I, oof, I, uh, no, I don't want to sp- express my true emotions for raglan sleeve. I hate it. It's yeah, not not my cup of tea. If we are putting it correctly, politely. Yeah. No, because you- the reason is they're always going to be draglines when you have your arm downs. Like you can't avoid them. And if you have the the perfect, uh, like you with darts and everything, you no draglines at all, then the whole garment is going to lift up when you move your arms. So it's like, yeah, you can't get them. You can't avoid all those drag lines. And here's also a little bit, we talk about this in the book, like don't overfit it. Like the, it's okay. Some drag lines are acceptable. It means that you 
If there are drag lines to the outer shoulder point from the bottom of your armhole, it means that you are going to be able to lift your arms easier and better. Um, so it's a great uh, garment for uh, to have as a workout wear uh, when you exercise because the movement is going to be so much better. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is uh, really tricky. You have to basically fit the shoulder in into a flat pattern. Like it's impossible. <laughs> So um, no and yeah, no raglan is not uh, not a favorite of mine. It looks yeah. really nice. I mean, I don't mind the style at all. It's just the fitting that is really tricky to get it really right. Yeah, because when you look at a raglan pattern, you get what you say that it it it. I mean, if you a satin sleeve and a shoulder, it it mimics the body, right? It's very like you can see exactly. It's like building on your natural body, whereas um, mm. like a one piece raglan sleeve. It, it doesn't look anything like the body because you're tr- basically trying to get the shoulder and the the sleeve in one singular piece, which allows for no shaping unless you slice the uh, raglan sleeve pattern in two or add darts. It's going to be really, really difficult. But that said, you have definitely really been very ambitious with this section of the book because even though I know that you are not a fan of <laughs> raglan in that sense, you've done some excellent excellent tutorials on how to at least reduce a lot of the fitting issues that comes with raglan so don't don't feel like as uh, as if you're reading the book and you have struggles with raglan i can assure you that malena do have some really helpful method that will at least make the raglan sleeve look better so definitely there there's all the information needed but i totally understand you it's very difficult there will always be drag lines and excess fabrics as you say because if you would fit it perfectly you wouldn't be able to move your arms right because it, it's going to be no, exactly uh, going to be like a, like a straight jacket <laughs> you don't want that yeah so. yeah no so we, we cover a lot of different different types of raglan and what you can do and uh, to a certain point and then then you kind of have to add a dart on the sleeve or add a seam or something to get in uh, more shape. So we show you that as well. Um, so hopefully you will still be able to get a good enough fit uh, because you don't want to, again, you don't want to overfit it because then the movement is um, compromised. So it's always a compromise between it looking good and also the purpose of the garment, like being able to move and work out or yeah, to lift your arms up basically. Yeah. So that's uh, like, uh, as you probably guessed, the the chapter about tops is the single largest chapter. But we do have some other chapters as well. And I would like to talk a little bit about uh, trousers as well or pants or sewing pants with knit fabrics. Because another area that a lot of us struggles with is the crotch area, Malena, which why is it so difficult to get the crotch to look right when we're sewing pants? Yeah, I mean, it... Uh... It is a tricky, tricky area, uh, and especially also to do fitting on, uh, because, well, when you bend over and you try to pin, and then it's, it's, yeah, it's difficult to work with. Um, and here we also show a little bit uh, different types of method, like you can use, like how you can pin on the inside, and uh, like different ways of uh, of doing it. But 
Definitely, there can there can be a lot of issues uh, in in the crotch area. It's um, yeah, we cover a lot of different di- things, and especially on uh, leggings, for example, as well. When you don't have a side seam, we also give you um, insights on how to how to adjust uh, those kind of patterns because then you only have the front and back, front rise and the inside seam to to work with. So then you are much more restricted on how how to do the adjustments. Yeah, because you basically only have the crotch seam and the inseam, right? There's no other yeah. way of adding or reducing width on a, on a garment or adding shapes. So yeah, that's that's definitely also again something you don't really see in most pattern books. A pattern alteration. How do you how do you alter a pair of pants or a pair of leggings that only has like an inseam? That that's definitely. A, but uh, Balena shows that as well. Uh, so I think you will find those things really really illuminating as well. Um, and we also, of course, as Malina mentioned, also talk about different methods. So, for instance, sometimes it's easier to baste when you're fit, doing fittings. And sometimes it's, you can use pins. So we definitely show a little bit different uh, method as. And you, Malena, you have like always one one thing we always say is like always do a sample, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, definitely. You... Because uh, you, if you buy a really expensive fabric, I mean, you don't want to waste it um, to find out that the fit wasn't right for you. Uh, so I always recommend to do, uh, it can be a variable uh, prototype first. Uh, the important thing here is just to remember that the stretch really has to be similar. It, uh, not exactly the same, maybe, but it has to be similar because that will, I mean, as we talked about, it will affect the fit. So a similar stretch on the on the fabric and the thickness and weight and uh, a little bit depending on what type of fabric it is. But uh, always recommend to do a test because if you do a test, it's so much easier to uh, cut in the garment then <laughs> without feeling bad. Because sometimes it is really tricky to really see what is the issue here and also to know how much to adjust. For example, uh, we show you if you want to do a full bust adjustment, like how much width should you add? It's like, I don't know. I have no idea. I cut the garment, cut a little hole, like preferably on both sides. And I see how much um, gape, um, like how much width I need to add. And I measure it. Otherwise, it's just guessing. Um, this is the only way to do to do it uh, to give it an exact measurement. When you pin it like you want to remove fabric, it's so much easier because you obviously then don't have to cut it. You can just pin it, and maybe sometimes you can just sew sew it in, um, and uh, it works fine. But it's the adding width that is a little bit more tricky, and then you usually have to cut it open. And especially also when we talk about uh, uh, sleeve um, like the fitting of the armhole is it the bodice that is a problem is it the shoulder or is it the sleeve then it can actually be easier to cut away the sleeve or just um, like 10 centimeters or something um, to see what's happening like oh it, was it the sleeve that was too tight or was it something with the armhole so it's so much easier if you are able to cut cut in the garment yeah, that's very, very true. And you also have usually less seam allowance to work with as well uh, when you're fitting because on a woven fabric, the standard seam allowance is like 1.5 centimeters, which is 5, 8 inches. Uh, whereas on lot when you're using doing knit garments, it's usually between maybe 6 to one six millimeters to 1 centimeters, which is one quarter of an inch to a three quarter of an inch. So you have 
less than half usually seam allowance to work with so you you don't have a lot of room for errors and also perhaps you're using um an overlock stitch so that means that you have like closed the the seam allowance so to speak as well or maybe cut it off using a surgery knife so it's really really difficult to do alteration after the fact whereas on, on a woven fabric you can just open the straight seam up and let out some fabric and then maybe you have managed to add that extra width so you definitely have to do a lot more thinking beforehand I think uh, with knits that way as well. Yeah and on a woven garment it's so much easier to fit along as you sew uh, because it has uh, plus ease over the body like the garment is bigger compared to your body. But a lot of uh, knitted garments, they have a negative ease, meaning that the actual garment is going to be smaller than your body, since the fabric is going to be stretched out when wearing. So then it's like really, really difficult to fit as you sew, because then the raw edges might be stretched out if you try it on. So that I would be really careful with. Um, If you have like a big hoodie or sweater, oversized t-shirt, something, then it's much easier to do. Uh, but not on the garment when you have negative ease. So that's why it's important to also to have similar, if not correct, fabric uh, stretch on the prototype, because otherwise it's going to give a false result, I would say. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. So I think hopefully we managed to give you some new ideas about how to pattern fit and sew knit clothes. And also, if you're curious about the book, you can find it over the most likely spot if you want the print book is on Amazon. It's available in most, if not all, Amazon marketplaces around the world. And if you want to get the ebook, you can get it over at my shop, which is shop.thelostitch.com. Or if you like the Kindle version, again, that you can get on Amazon. And the ebook version that you get from my shop is in as a PDF format. So it's, it works with ev- every type of reader. Um, we should also talk a little bit about the realities of making a book because we don't have a big publisher behind us, right? We are doing, we did no. everything ourselves. <laughs> Who is the publisher, Johanna? I am the publisher. Yes. Every book needs to have a publisher. And in my case, I am actually having my own publishing company, uh, The Lost Stitch as well. So that has been a huge learning experience because I, all my sewing books, I have published myself. I um, actually have experience previously with uh, working with the publisher when I was long time ago I wrote books about how to use the internet that was uh, in the early 80s right that was almost 25 years ago so you had to read a paper book on how to use the internet so I had I had some experience in the publishing industry that way and I also have a background in newspaper and magazines so I knew how to to write and like design pages however This has been a huge learning curve, especially figuring out how to get physical copies of the book around the world. That has been a massive, massive struggle. If you're a small publisher based as we are in Sweden as well. (laughs) Yeah, I can only imagine like the logistic behind it. I mean, it must be a nightmare to figure everything out. Yeah, it it took me so long and I still struggle sometimes. But yeah, so what is that... uh, Right now, this system is like this, that, you know, once the the digital files are done and everything, the book is sent out to um, a printer and then the printer ships all the books to distributor. And the main distributor is based in the UK because a lot, because 
we the books that I do and that we do are all made in English. So the biggest market is English speaking countries. So and then the distributor has uh, a deal with Amazon so that Amazon will list the books that this distributor is uh, distributing. So I myself am not able to get into Amazon as myself or my publishing company. I have to go the route via distributed because they have access to the Amazon marketplace. So just that is like a big hurdle to get over. Uh, and then, of course, because Amazon is such a big company, they, they set all the terms, they set all the pricing and they can, you know, tell if it's going to be available, which in each marketplace, I have a no say over that. Ne- neither do I or my distributor. And also sometimes it can be frustrating because sometimes Amazon does things wrong. So, for instance, with this book, uh, because the title is Fit for Knits, uh, Amazon in the UK put it into categories, which has nothing to do with sewing. One is fitness, because fit, right? And the other one is knitting, because knits. And I've tried to change this, uh, both myself, but I have just been like... Neglect, neglected <laughs> and then through my distributor but they have not been able to sort this out either so that kind of frustrated because I can't like the book has been if it had been in the sewing category it would be in a number one bestseller <laughs> but but because it's not it's in, in knitting and fitness it's it's totally different uh, you will still be able to find it but that's just a few like behind the scenes stuff of how difficult it can be to, so I understand because I want to make sure that the the book is available everywhere and you know it's 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 like a price that is accessible. But the reality is that it, it it's extremely difficult to publish a print book and and get it around the world and expensive, unfortunately. So that's the reality of it. Yeah, I mean that is hilarious. <laughs> that is I don't know a fitness category. <laughs> that means like no, you can't automate everything in the work. Like some a human being has to be. To see what is it actually, which category should it actually belong to? That is just so oh, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it's funny. It's but also it's frustrating. But I cannot laugh at it now. But sometimes I get super frustrated. But again, that's what we also want to say. We're so very grateful for that to all of you that has already gotten our books, and of course also that you took the time and wrote reviews because those help a lot as well because it's not easy to get new eyes on a book because we have some people that follow our work but we also need to reach outside our own community right so if you have bought the book and we would be so so grateful if you wanted to add a review as well or just spread the word if you like the book you can of course say if you don't like the book otherwise it's very important that you feel free to do that but we're just very, very grateful for all of you that has recommended the book because it helps so much to, to get the word out there and hopefully help others that are having similar struggles that many of us have when it comes to sewing and fitting knit garments. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to read a little um, preview or get a sample, uh, you, you, you can still get a sample from your uh, website, right? Yes, you can, you can. Hmm? So you should, uh, you could search for, uh, we have a sample for how to do like full bust, full bust, FBA adjustments. Uh, so you can, and small bust adjustments as well. So you can search for FBA or uh, full bust adjustment on my website, delossage.com. And then 
on in that blog post there's also a download link where you can get access you can get an idea of uh, what the book is about so that's a very good point as well uh so yeah, we're very, very proud of our baby and hopefully we're going to make some more books in the future when we have like uh, recuperated and, and gotten our like time and energy because <laughs> it takes a lot of, <laughs> as we said, two and a half years <laughs> to, to get the book out there. So, yeah, it, it, it's not happening. A new book is not happening tomorrow, but, but we have some great plans, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you when you're in the process, then you just come up with so many new ideas of uh, other things you also want to do. So, so uh, yeah, there's definitely ideas. Yeah. So stay tuned. We're gonna keep you updated on this pod and on other channels. So, Malena, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Hazel Hen Patterns is my name there. And you can find me also on Instagram as Lostitch. And my main hub of all the things I do is thelostitch.com where you can, there's also a big page there where you can learn more about the books as well. Everything will be very easy to find on the front page of my website. Thank you so much for listening and bye-bye. Bye-bye.